Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark. Technically, I think the second to last episode of the 2021-2022 season, as I think the league year ends after the next week, but it is a Hall of Fame episode for us as we have this sweet dance music in the background. I uh, hope you're all doing well. As always, joined by my co-host, not as always, joined by my co-host once again from Helsingborg, Sweden, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Hello, Parker. And I've been here a long time now. I just realized this is our second show together since I've been here. I, I have gotten up. I'm not seeing the same spot. I'm probably wearing the same shirt. It's the only one with the collar that I could put my mic on. But I'm doing well. It's been a struggle for Jake and the team overall. This is tough. This is world competition, but still blessed to be here. Still blessed to be here in Sweden. And it's kind of appropriate that I've been in Sweden, given some of the news that's happened over the past 24 hours, which I know we'll get to. But uh, things are good. Thank you for asking. I hope everyone out there is good. And I hope you are good, Parker. I'm great. I'm enjoying this lovely, lovely weather. You've had the last two days gone out and enjoyed it. I know you don't. I don't know. what. How's the weather in Helsingborg? It's a very, yesterday was a very humid 29. So it was sort of like you, you but, but then it rained for, for two hours. So, well, we've had, it's, it was a little muggy yesterday, pretty nice today. Um, but we are enjoying some nice 30 degree weather, at least until tomorrow, meaning this air conditioner is working overtime uh, to nice. keep me cool. Um, we've got um, a show that is actually going to be pretty positive in nature. There's not much negativity to talk about. We've got, uh, a new Stanley Cup champion, not a repeat. Uh, we've got uh, three Hall of Famers from one Vancouver Canucks team, a team that has never won a Stanley Cup, yet they get three Hall of Famers in one fell swoop, along with some other guy, Daniel Offertson, who no one's ever heard of, and uh, and then some some contracts signed. we got a bunch of stuff to go into, and I'm sure we'll uh, talk with the people at some point as well. Uh, but it's good to be back. Our final show of June um, before we, I guess we get into a nice little long weekend episode next week. That's right. That's right. But uh, my days are all mixed up. You, you got, you're there Monday night, normally holding down the fort as always. I'm here Tuesday morning. I don't even know what date. Well, I guess I know what day it is, but uh, one more day of bowling, Jacob bowls today. Then we look at coming home on Thursday. Excellent. I'm, uh, you got a good six hours of sleep, I presume, considering you messaged me about seven hours ago that you were going to sleep. Yeah, I got a 12 to 6. Not bad here. Six hours, exactly. You'll take it. You'll take it. Um, all right. What is our marquee? I guess we are Canucks after dark, right? I guess we have yeah. to start with the Canucks stuff. We'll talk about the avalanche later. We'll talk about the bet that I definitely didn't lose later uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, but let's start with the marquee headline of the day. And that's, of course, the Vancouver Canucks re-signing Sheldon Dries to a two-way contract. Uh, no, of course not. Let's talk about... The Sedins, Henrik Sedin, Daniel Sedin, Roberta Luongo, three of the four inductees into the Hockey Hall of Fame for the 2022 year. I guess this news must have come out uh, in your evening yesterday. What was your first reaction uh, to hearing all this come out? Ashley Parker, I'm so glad you asked me about my first reaction because I was going to ask you. This kind of an, this announcement kind of snuck up on me a little bit. Maybe it's because I've I've been feeling a little out of touch. But it wasn't until like two or three days ago where I even knew that the announcement was going to be on you know Monday, June the twenty second. Did everyone back home know about this coming up like more it than a week in advance? It wasn't super 
publicized. Like it, it yeah. was, it was kind of known. Like I had heard about it, but I forgot until I logged on Twitter about 15 minutes after it was announced. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Um, but I think like it wasn't really a talking point on the playoff broadcasts. Uh, you know, even last night was the, was the final game of the season and it wasn't really brought up in like, I didn't really watch intermission coverage, I guess, but yeah, it didn't seem yeah. to be a major talking point. I'm sure they brought it up, but um, sure. yeah, it was just kind of a thing that, that snuck in. And I mean, I, I, there's been the articles swirling over the last week or so of, you know, who's going to get in. Is it, is Zetterberg getting it in? Are the Sidians going to be first ballot? Uh, yeah. Luongo might be an edge case. And then, you know, guys like, um, you know, McGillney's name sort of swirl around a little bit too. And uh, yeah, the news just comes out um, earlier on today that uh, the Canucks get three people into the Hall of Fame. Technically, two if Luongo goes in as a Panther, but his prime yeah. was spent here. Um, and uh, I think he's one of those. Uh, I think I think the Canucks have every right to at least claim a part of Roberto Luongo's uh, induction. <laughs> no, I agree with you. The reaction, uh, you asked me about my reaction, Parker, is. It it's uh, it was a great reaction, obviously, and it, it kind of manifested. It, it kind of doubled and multiplied itself because, of course, um, when I heard that the Sedins could go in as first balloters, that made sense. I know that we've had people can kind of be talking about the last five seasons since they retired. Five years is are they worthy? Yes, they have individual accolades, but they never won a cup. Blah blah blah. And there's all these guys, like you said, that haven't got in. But then, so for the both of them to get in together it makes sense it wasn't gonna be one or the other they're they're for better or for worse they're a package but then to uh you know compound it with my favorite hockey player of all time going in and an ex connect uh, a canuck playing with the sedines at the same time that they're in their prime between 2008 2013 luongo is just it's amazing so i'm i'm not sure if you've seen twitter there are a lot of pretty salty people on there um that the three ex connects got in you know how many cups have they won blah 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 then you can say that about neely and a bunch of other whatever but yeah i'm thrilled i'm thrilled i think it's a great day for the organization it's a great day for us as canucks fans and and to recognize that that these are truly great players you can argue if they're like top caliber hall of fame players but but they're they're hall of fame players now and that, that's you can't take that away from them yeah and i think a big part of it is you know you can look at the at the point story right Neither of them were point per game throughout their entire career. They they each of, at each of their peaks, they were at one time the best players in the NHL, right? Yeah. Uh, they each, you know, uh, Henrik Sedin won a goal scoring title. They've won Ted Lindsay's. Uh, they won, you know, they, they they were the you know at they, their peak was the peak. However, they they didn't sustain that peak like some other players do that maybe mm -hmm. aren't in the Hall of Fame. However. I've always heard the argument of the hockey hall of fame is somewhere where you can take someone and tell the story of hockey. Right. Mm. And in my mind, the, the Sedins are a, just like to have these identical twins that at one point were the best players in the league and they always worked together super well. And they absolutely were just two of the best players in the world at the same time with each other it's such a unique thing and people can say, okay, well, if they weren't twins on their own, they probably don't get in and maybe they don't. Right. Maybe they're sort of a fringe case, but it's not about, it's not about the hall of best players. It's about telling this story. And I, I think that's the biggest argument for a guy like Alex McGillney, right? Because he was the first defector. That's that in itself, even if he was a pretty bad player should have been, you know, it, it's enough to tell a story. 
And yeah. I don't think the story of the National Hockey League getting to where it is today is complete without these two players involved. Um, not to mention the fact that they were both fantastic players. And they just, they did things that no other two players ever did, right? Their, their playmaking, um, with Henrik Sedin being basically one of the best playmakers in the NHL and Daniel Sedin being a slightly better shooter and actually trying to shoot sometimes made him uh, the sort of the goal scorer of the of the brotherhood um, that, yeah, I feel like, you know, it would be, you know, they didn't have to be first ballot, but uh, there wasn't a world where they didn't get in at some point. Parker, I love your point. I've never actually heard that uh, analogy, but I love it about how can you, yeah, can are these any Hall of Fame player, are they part of the the story of hockey, the history of hockey? I love it. Man, I'm going to use that. I'm going to walk around and say, hey, yeah, <laughs> but anyone in Sweden, uh, no one here is going to complain, but th that is those that know about it. But here's another thing too, is you talked about they're on ice and for about, in their peak, for about five or six years, they were point of game players, right? For five or six years. And then not before that, of course, not after it. Their decline wasn't too bad, but it was a decline for sure, like anyone. However, I think, Parker, a big missing piece that people around the, the league don't appreciate, only because they don't know, they're ignorant, is how much they did off the ice. Uh, they, you know, For Henrik to win two King Clancy Awards, Daniel to win also the award in the same year as him, Henrik, once. Uh, so three between the two of them. And, and that's leadership on and off the ice. That is community. That is just overall being a good person. I think that speaks that that speaks volumes about who they are too, and we get it because we see it every day. We saw their their donations. We saw how much they did in the community that and and how much they support people. Um, maybe not everyone knows that, but to me that that's another reason. It, it kind of built their case. Maybe if and it kind of pushed them over the edge if there was you know uh, a tipping point, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I mean again it really comes down to they did something that's never been done before right yes and yes. there's a bunch there's a bunch of people who didn't get to really experience them all that much right i mean you know people growing up on the east coast right people living on the east coast people they don't see the scenes very often and they weren't these marquee guys like you know a, a Sidney crosby or niall Connor mcdavid who's going to put up 100 plus points a year and be the best player in the world but Anytime you tuned in to see these two players, even if they were only putting up, you know, at points, 60 points, 70 points uh, a season, you were there was always that possibility of something special happening. Right. There's always, you know, that that game against Calgary, that that is sort of the obvious one. Right. Where where there's that that little uh, tip shot through the legs. That was a, a crazy goal. And, yeah. um, you know, just some some something really cool that seemed impossible was always in the cards. Um, and that's something you just, you just don't get with anyone else really. And who else? Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking now, I love this analogy, Parker, of telling the story of hockey, their final shift to score at basically two thirty-three of overtime. When you add the 20 minutes of the third period at twenty-two thirty-three of the third period, you can say that's, you can't make that stuff up. It's ridiculous. Yeah. If that was in a movie, people, that's corny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow, who's who wrote that? Right, like <laughs> you know what's um, corny, Parker is me and Sean's crying in the stands in my footage there when we when they scored. <laughs> oh, I was there. I was in the yeah. building, uh, and I I hugged my best friend. I was like, hey, they did, they did it. <laughs> like, you know, it was, it was. I mean, for me, right? That's that was. I I don't remember really a Vancouver Canucks team that didn't have them on it, right? So them them retiring for me Good was. Point 
like there was a little bit of like 2001 ish era when i sort of started watching it was like you know i remember like trent clatt <laughs> but but like you know the this the sedines were you know when we got to that point in uh you know a few years ago when they were retiring it was this is the end of the canucks how i know them right this is yeah. they have been this team as long as i had been a fan um and it was uh you know for me it's obvious that they get in but um i guess you know if you're not a canucks fan you don't see it night in night out it might be a little bit you know a little bit tougher to see what's your favorite sedine memory is it, aside from that goal uh, yeah that goal is definitely it because i was there yeah um i i mean I, I, if i think of what clip have i gone back and watched the most of it, it's probably the shift right i think that's sort of the one that sticks out in my mind where they spend two minutes in the offensive zone just absolutely dominating and uh, end is up that scoring. the oilers is that the oilers i, I think so um okay. it might have been the flames i don't know okay if i if i type it in it'll come up uh 2007 october 13th it was the oilers yeah you're right um but yeah it's uh that that's sort of the moment right when i think of the sedines where it was just like yeah they just they just decided that they were going to score at some point they spend literally this clip starts at the two minute mark of the power play and they don't score until the power play is over <laughs> like that's that's how long they're in the zone. Then it cuts to Craig McTavish, which is a throwback, and it's on Dwayne Rolosin. And uh, you know that's always a, a weird uh, piece of it. But yeah, it's uh, they were they were just so ahead of their time. I love this walk down memory lane, Parker. I love how you basically were only a couple years old when they got drafted, and and uh, <laughs> it's just it's just Trent Clatt, What a throwback! Here's my two memories. One of them is from the night of their final game uh, because of a contact I had. Um, I think I told you about this. They allowed mm -hmm. Sean and I got to go down to the tunnel and fist bump all the players as they walked by, led by Henrik and Daniel as they went on the ice, and I turned into like a blubbering thirteen-year-old idiot like uh, i was saying stupid stuff like at least sean was sounding cool let's go guys come on go get him and yeah I'm like hey troy from richmond 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 like <laughs> <laughs> tony stretcher <laughs> and then the other thing the other highlight for me is um the draft that was here in 2019 uh, here in vancouver in 2019 on the friday night the 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 first night of the draft no it was the two nights before they had um like a, a summer one of their summer debriefing summer sessions da 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 and then I got picked to go get a picture with uh, the Sedins and, and Alex Burroughs at the time. So there's a nice picture of me on, on the draft stage with Henrik, with Daniel, with Alex, and with my friend Brent. And then basically, I just said, congratulations, thanks for everything you've done for, for the city and for the, for the franchise. And then now, as I'm walking off the stage, I says, um, I've written a couple songs about you guys. I don't know. I'm so stupid. I don't know why I think this. And they just said, oh, cool. And then, you know, next guy up. So. <laughs> That's great. That's my Sabine stories. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is uh, that is excellent. Thank you, um, thank you. Yeah, and then you know I was there on. The other thing I think of is is the Jersey retirement night, right? Yeah. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be at, and I think it. I think it's just the the BX speech is just <laughs> is like, like that was. I think that was sort of the highlight of the night because uh, it was hilarious. And then you know, obviously yeah. having everyone there, that was you know Kessler was there and uh luongo was there and that whole that whole group and yeah it was just uh you know i i don't know what other if there's any other stories or memories you want to look down but those are those are the big ones for me 
Do you remember that one at the hockey at when they uh, their retirement? Remember Parker how bad the audio was in the yeah they rehab, couldn't so, hear yeah they couldn't hear but, what the speech yeah. the speakers were saying yeah so that and then you can see Luongo even just like this like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they awesome. were just like like chuckled because they're just doing whatever the crowd did <laughs> yeah yeah BX yeah. BX was pretty solid though he was very good he was very yeah. good yeah awesome. Uh, and I guess that takes us to the other name retired. Yes. Same team, uh, slightly different position. Uh, another captain, technically though, of the Vancouver Canucks at one point. Um, maybe most well known for uh, for a few minutes of hockey that he didn't even play, um, where a guy named Danny Sabrin uh, played some hockey. But um, no, it's uh, you know obviously Roberto Longo was. You know, I, I remember when that trade happened, and when was that? Was it like 05 or something like that when Luongo was traded to the Canucks? And I remember that was one of those, the paper was still a thing, right? I read about it in the province the next morning um, that it had happened, or, and I watched on like the score, like all the all the stuff that was coming on. Now the score is just an app on your phone. Um, that the Canucks were getting this goalie who looked like he could be the best goalie in the National Hockey League. Uh, and uh, turns out they got a they got a pretty decent uh, pretty decent guy back there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny, Parker. I, I know we'll talk about our favorite Luongo memories in, in a couple minutes. This whole I, and I, I do want to have a discussion about whether or not we think his jersey should be retired because I know that's a very uh, hot topic right now. Obviously, yeah he he had a twenty year career and only well not only forty percent of it eight seasons with the Canucks. I agree with you. The prime of his career was with the Canucks, but technically he did 11 in Florida and one in the Islanders when he got started. So we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I'm so happy. This is, this is my favorite, uh, not just Canuck of all time, my favorite player of all time. I loved what he did on the ice. I, I found him very complicated in some ways, the way he didn't handle criticism well. You know, the whole him in Boston, Tim Thomas never pumps my tires. I, I've been pumping his tires. That's maybe the one part that I, I didn't like. Uh, and then and then his his kind of uh, his Twitter popularity and, and things like that, um, his fun skits with TSN with Corey Schneider. There's so many cool things about him. You know, the capacity is complicated, the Tortorella. There's so much stuff with Luongo that... I think him alone would be a very interesting mini series or or, or mm -hmm. movie for sure. But yeah, best goalie that the Canucks have ever had. I, I don't think anyone can argue that. And uh, marathon games, massive stats, save percentages, and, and goals against. And uh, as we know, just like the Sedin's one game away from the Stanley Cup. But here's the other thing, Parker. I think is it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's not the NHL Hall of Fame. And yeah. he was, he backstopped the Team Canada. Uh, he wasn't perfect, but it was kind of sketchy at times. But we won a gold medal on home ice with him in net. That's part of hockey history. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, if I remember correctly, he wasn't the starter at the start of the Olympics in 2010, right? It was, it was yeah. supposed to be Broder's team. Uh, and then yeah. Luongo sort of stole his job after a few of the, few of the round robin games yeah. Um, when I when it looked like the Canada was actually in genuine trouble, and and you mentioned, you know, what's your favorite, you know, or you, we would talk about our sort of favorite Luongo moments, and and there's two of them um, for me, and one of them is, you know, just winning in 2010, right? That's the obvious one, winning in overtime, being perfect when he had to be. Um, so that's my first one. I feel like one of yours might overlap my second one, so I'll I'll pass it over to you. Um, 
what was your you know luongo moment my favorite uh, actually okay i'll just say it my favorite on ice luongo moment was a save he made against the blackhawks is that what you're gonna say patrick sharp very good and the one. The cra- yeah the crazy thing is the canucks won the first three chicago wins the next three and then chicago ties it up with a minute and a half in, in game seven i was at that game my buddy Mike and I, for the 17 minute intermission, we didn't say a word. We just, we just, we were just like this, stressed, because this is the team that eliminated us two previous seasons. Then in overtime, it was a pass across the crease to Sharp. And for some reason, he didn't get it clean. He got it like almost clean, but he just whiffed on it enough. He still got a good shot off where Luongo slid over and made this, made an awesome save. And, yeah, it doesn't look like the most difficult save, Parker, when you look at it on the highlight, but I guess the whole context of where it came from, it was massive. That was, it was massive. That sequence where it's probably a half second from when it leaves his teammate's stick to gets to Patrick Sharp's stick and the shot is on net felt like minutes, right? Yeah. Like it really, it genuinely felt like, like all of the air immediately gets sucked out of the room. You're like, oh no, oh no, not again. And then he made that save and it was like, that's the that was the play that was the play that kills this team and they survived it right they're yes. still alive they still have a chance and it was especially because it was just the it was just a feeling of dread right going into that game it wasn't like oh it's game seven let's go it was like not again like we can't we yeah. can't have this again and then the canucks are up all game and then Taves scores some miracle goal with a minute and a half to go yeah. And it's again, it's that not again, like it's it, it just everything lined up to be the perfect Blackhawks story. Uh, yeah. And that save was, you know, obviously the mo- like, again, it wasn't some crazy save that, you know, not every goalie is going to make. But n- in that situation, not every goalie makes that save uh, under yes. that pressure uh, against a, you know, a great goal scorer and Patrick Sharp. Um, in that moment when everything is against you, uh, that's just, I mean, it's, it was the biggest, if the Canucks ended up winning, that's the biggest, actually, it still might, I guess, be the biggest save in franchise history, right? It wasn't the flashiest. It wasn't the most unlikely, um, but it was exactly what they needed at that time. Well, Parker, you honestly, we didn't talk about this before we press go, uh, record, you you know me really well. You know me really well. If you knew that, that's what I was going to say. I was as I'm quite pressed actually. Uh, the other thing I want to say too is imagine if Sh- Chicago wins that game and Vancouver loses. I'm I'm certain they're blowing that team up. That was a oh, president. Yeah, that was a president's trophy winning team. Can you imagine out in the first round again after blowing a three nothing lead, losing at home? Oh, so. Wow, I don't even want to think about it. Uh, by the way, speaking of, I don't want to think about it, but I want to think about this. Thank you, Lucas, for the $2 donation. I saw some chat in there about a, a nickname that the city, I don't even want to say it, but uh, a, the, a nickname that the scenes were not affectionately given by other people. Um, and Lucas is saying, don't do that. And thank you for the donation. Yeah, thank just, you for the support as just, always. It's just a misogynist nickname. <laughs> That's all it is. Uh, the city and sisters. Like, it's just, you yeah. know, it was, it was clearly a, a product of its time. Um, yes. But, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. it's... I mean, you mentioned, you know, I guess losing over and over in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, no team's ever done that. Um, <laughs> Toronto. Um, but I mean, you know, they, this is a team that, that they, they, that was their window, right? Um, they're the best team. They're the best team in hockey. 
genuinely that season. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, to just run into a team where they just kept losing and losing and losing to. Yeah, that that team was going to get torn apart. And they did a couple years later. But they at least had another kick at the can the following year where, you know, they're, you know, it didn't go great. But um, yeah, it was it was just it was super clutch. Right. I mean, he had a 928 save percentage that year. Like, I, I think people forget that. <laughs> That's like he was absolutely insane. And the amount of flack that he caught after the playoffs, even though, like, it's not like he was bad. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he uh, he did take a lot of heat. And, um, you know, he was, he was genuinely, you know, a top three goalie in the world at that time. You know, I just, I was listening to everything you're saying about top three goalie, but as I was listening to you, Parker, I, I pulled up the save on sharp and I have it backwards. I had him going the other way. No, he was sliding left to right about a third of the nets right. open. Yeah. About a third of the nets open. It's crazy. Oh yeah. No, it was, uh. I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch it right now too. Yeah, I mean you look at you look at the lane that he has, right? And I can I can definitely show this because I'm not gonna play it. Okay. Um, but I, I can definitely just share um like this view here. Yeah, like you know, like you got Ham over here, you got another guy lying down. I don't know if this is Airhoff or BX, I can't really tell uh, from that's BX, that's BX, yeah. Um yeah. and like you know if this puck gets through here, there it's in. Like it's just in. There's no other. Like it, it's going to Patrick Sharp, who's a great goal scorer, and he has half of the net open here. Look at him. He's just ready. Look at him. That's like this is, this is genuinely just a goal. Like yeah. nine times out of ten, for for most players, makes that move, slides it through. Like here, this frame. Oh. How's this? Like this. You know, it's it is just genuinely, just so clutch. He doesn't get all the way over it. There's an opening still, but. He did what he had to do. He got the blocker on it. And yeah, yeah. you know, it's uh that that's that's on ice, that's the biggest moment for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? What do you make of, of his mental makeup? Um, just the whole pumping the tires, getting into his head, captaincy, um, then his his kind of turnaround on Twitter overall. What do you think of his mental makeup? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, sure. His his mental fortitude, I guess, wasn't the strongest. Um, but I think it's such a tall ask, right? Um, you think about the role he was put in, where he was literally the captain of a Canadian market team, which is never given to a goalie. It's so much extra responsibility and just added pressure, right? The captain's the guy who's supposed to be answering the questions after the game, right? <laughs> that's That's such a tough spot to put a goalie in. Because now he's getting faced of like, hey, you know, what, what did you see on that shot that snuck through you and you lost the game because of it, right? Like, yeah. you're, you're, you're put in these situations where, you know, you're forced to, you know, face media and, and be sort of the face of the team when any mistake you make is is so much more important than any mistake anyone else makes, right? Yeah. If, yeah. if Henrik Sedin makes a mistake, maybe things go the other way on a two-on-one and half the time they probably don't score anyways. Um, if the goalie makes a mistake, it's a goal. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And again, I think it, it's not something we, we should be, you know, knocking points off because he was still the best goalie in franchise history. Um, and you know, there's the, you know, there's the whole Tortorella thing and all that stuff. And, but I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think the C was a little bit wacky, but yeah, you know, so the big question that people are been chatting about all 
show in the chat, Parker, is does he join Smeal, Linden, Naslin, Bure, Henrik, and Daniel, our big six? We only have six compared to other teams. <laughs> does he join them up in the rafters in Canucks colors? My issue here is that you already mentioned, and you said only six, but you mentioned six names. Yeah. From a team that has not won a Stanley Cup, has been around yeah. for 50 years, um, and has names like that, and has names that other, that fans of other teams might not really even recognize, <laughs> right? If you go ask, if you go ask a, a you know, a, I guess a Habs fan, you go say, who, do you know who Stan Smeal is? Like, like someone my age, you yeah, know, yeah. they, they're going to have no idea. Right. Um, it's, I, I feel like the Canucks have set the bar in a spot where Luongo has to be in because mm. he is, he, he's above that bar in my mind. Um, but I think on other teams, he's not, if that makes mm. sense. Also, I think retiring the number one is really hard <laughs> uh, just based on the number itself. Um, so if I, I mean, if I was in charge, I I'm probably doing it. Um, if I don't have the precedent of the jerseys that are already up there, mm. then maybe not. Uh, because again, it was eight years. It was his prime and he's the best goaltender in franchise history, but it wasn't 15 years, right? He wasn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't Henrik Lundqvist here. Sure, his prime was was a similar caliber, um, but he didn't spend his whole career here. He spent less than half of it here. Um, so you sort of have to go look at a guy like Bure and say, well, does his overall skill and impact just outlast the fact that he didn't play his entire career here or even half of his career here? And is that enough? Yeah, uh, that's a fascinating point. Uh, can you put up Sager's Rage uh, donation? Thank you. We appreciate the $10 donation. If Luongo could have made a save in Boston, we would have won a cup. Yeah, he had some three tough games in the city of Boston. That's for and sure. If, no. uh, and if the Canucks scored a, a couple more goals in game seven, they also could have had a cup, right? If Henrik Sedin and Daniel Sedin had combined for three points or had three points each that night, yeah. might be a totally different story as well. If Hap if Ham Houston injure himself, uh, flipping Milan Lucic, we could have had it. Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying. Parker. Yeah. There are a lot of if spots for sure, but no, that's fair. And we appreciate the donation most importantly. Okay. Here's the other thing. He's my favorite player, but I could actually see it not happening. Parker, I, I understand your reasoning for sure about the precedence and for better, for worse. We, we, we joke about, you know, what's the bar here in Vancouver, but, um, you know, I love Kirk. Uh, I think Kurt McLean by far is the second best goalie with all due respect to John Garrett. He's the second best goalie in Canucks history. Wore the same number. I see some people suggesting a dual retirement, whatever. I, I think McLean doesn't have a case for actual jersey retirement. And I think Luongo's got a better case. But I'm still, despite him being my favorite player, I'm still not convinced that it's going to happen. Like Ring of Honor for sure. For sure. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, but the jersey, I, I, I'd be, I love it, Parker. If I was wrong, and people pointing to this show and say, "Clay, you're an idiot." Of course, he's going to go up in the rafters, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, yeah. I, I just don't know. It's one of those things where if they do it, I will be happy and I will be there. And yeah. if they don't do it, I will understand 
And again, I, I, I just, I feel like this team is retiring too many jerseys. Um, and I, and I, I don't think Luongo should be punished for that. Um, right. So yeah, I think, I, I guess I think he should. And I guess it's just me being, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is just sort of like self-conscious about this team that <laughs> like yeah, other teams look at us that have had more success and more history and they have the same or fewer number of jerseys retired. If they can always get up to seven here with Luongo, um, like you're just like, what happens when this team does win a cup? You know, how many, how many jerseys are we putting up there? Uh, Cause I mean, what's what's going to happen in the year 21-22 and 100 years from now? Are we going to have 30 jerseys up there and no Stanley Cups? Like that's going to be that's a little aggressive, right? But you, you know, they've they've sort of set the bar where they've set it and uh right. yeah. yeah. We should retire your jersey. By the way, uh, another donation from Lucas, $5. Remember if Longo was number 1 is retired, McLean would need to be honored too. Yeah, I that's a train is a I think McLean's a Ring of Honor candidate for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, of course you're gonna have guys that uh, when you if you're not the first guy to wear a number, there will often be guys even with retired numbers of players that have worn it before. But I hear what you're saying, Lucas, that you got to give some love to McLean somehow, and thank you as always for the support on this channel. Well, a lot of good questions. A lot of <laughs> I love Jasper asking. Can someone tell me why Boongo gets booed and, and and he was quickly um, corrected saying that's Demiel yelling Lou. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ah, Luongo, crazy. Yeah, and, and I mean, we haven't even touched on you know the more fun stories, right? Like obviously the Sabrin story, which is just yeah. hilarious. I mean, his Twitter is if, just always been funny. Um, you know, there's all the all of that sort of stuff that was that was excellent, and you know, I, I just genuinely a good person to have in the game and a good person to have in the community. Um, yep, yep. yep. And, did you uh, see when did he do a panel for one season? Was it the bubble? I remember seeing him on I don't a panel. Remember that. Okay, I have to look it up. I yeah. remember he was good. He's, he's so funny. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Hey, there, there were some. There were some good characters on that team. Hey, some some funny yeah. guys. The scenes yeah. kept in check. Yeah, we could do a whole show on uh, on BX uh, Kessler and Burroughs, but yeah, we will save that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, should that wrap up our uh, our Hall of Fame talk? Sure, we can do a few minutes on the signings and then get to the end off with the Stanley Cup. How's that sound? Absolutely sounds good. Uh, yeah, big signings today for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, not I, w- I guess not big, but you know, some uh, some decent signings. We have Sheldon Dries, the biggest name, I guess, out of these three. Um, f- fantastic this year in the American hockey league, right? He played 54 games in the AHL, uh, had 62 points, including 35 goals in wow. those 54 games, uh, plus 14. Uh, so he, he genuinely a star NHLer, uh, or AHLer, not NHLer. That's a mistake. A star AHLer, um, uh, played 11 games with the Canucks, two goals, one assist for three points. That's what times that by about seven or eight. It's like a 20 point pace, 25 point pace. That's fine. Um, And uh, he has nine points in 59 career NHL games. So um, just two way contract doesn't affect the salary cap. It is just a a good piece for the American Hockey League. 
yep. who can be, at least from what we saw, just serviceable depth in case it's needed. And I was just going to say, uh, actually, Blitz took the words right out of my mouth. I actually noticed him when he played for the Canucks at the end of the season. I thought, uh, or yeah, I thought he was actually he was noticeable to me as a as noticeable as a as a fourth liner could be. So yeah, I'm. I think he'll be great, especially as he's getting older, 28 years old, as he's mentioned, a good veteran leadership presence for the Abbotsford team. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, no qualms there. Nope. Um, the second name, uh, Guillaume Breezebaugh, um, Jim Benning favorite, um, <laughs> who was sort of like always so I was like, oh, he's a defensive prospect. The guitar's coming. Uh, he was a third round pick. He has played 10 NHL games, zero points. He's a minus five. Um, he's not an NHL. Uh, but again, solid piece in the AHL. He only played 26 games in Abbotsford last year. Seven hmm. points, uh, plus eight though. Uh, and then one assist in his two playoff games. Um, but he's, you know, again, just a good piece of them to add. And the other one is John Stevens. Um who is not the John Stevens that played hockey a long time ago. It's a different John Stevens. Who's 28 years old. Um, <laughs> last year he played 68 games. Now it's had 43 points. So, you know, 19 goals, 24 assists, um, career highs in basically every single category for himself as a 28 year old, which is great. Um, six, three, one ninety nine pound center also led the entire AHL in shorthanded goals with six, um, and, uh, yeah, he's again, just a, a really good piece for the Abbotsford team to have. A and one thing that we've noticed is this attitude that the Vancouver X front office has had towards the AHL, right? A shift yeah. from the previous regime of, well, this isn't a team that's restricted by money really. Right. So let's go out there and build a really good hockey team. Cause why not? Yes. Yes. And in theory, in theory, maybe not in practice, the stronger your, your farm team is, the stronger your big club is because you're always having guys hungry and pushing up, pushing up the lineup and trying to get better. And you, uh, it doesn't always happen that way, but love what you said, Parker. It's true. If there's no, they're not worried about an AHL salary cap and they're, they're building a culture and identity a synergy between the two franchises. Well, it's one franchise, but you know what I mean? Yeah, this, this is good. You know, what's funny when I heard John Stevens. Yeah. I thought of the, the, the former player, I think he's coaching somewhere now, but yep. then I thought maybe it was John Scott. <laughs> that would be wild. That'd be a crazy no, move. Yes. yes, um, yes. And yeah, is the only one to, to, um, two year, right? The other two are one years. Is that right? Um, Yes, drives okay. a two-year two-way deal. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, I, I think they've also seen, you know, a bit of success from the Abbotsford market, right? They've seen that people enjoy going to those games. It was, and yeah, I think we've mentioned it before, but the I went to two games there over the last year, and, yep. like, there were people with Abbotsford Canucks jerseys with Rempel on the back and you know like guys who i had really never heard of other than like the training camp that we went to and and fun, stuff yeah. like that and it was like and like there's people talking about like some players on the san diego goals that might be a challenge for the for the canucks tonight and it was like yeah these people are 
actually invested in this team. Like, sure, maybe they came here to start because, like, oh, it's the Canucks farm team and that's cool. But they've actually, like, they care to see this team win and they're going to come out and have a fun time and enjoy this team. And the Canucks are saying, well, if we can build a team that's going to be competitive and maybe we go to the playoffs and, and win some games there, like, one, revenue is obviously important, but you're just creating more fans, right? You're creating more fans in the Fraser Valley that will now root for the Canucks when a guy like Sheldon Dries gets a call up for a few games uh, yep. to fill. And like, oh, I wonder how my favorite Abbotsford player is going to do up in the NHL for a few games. Uh, that it's just, it's just excellent, and hopefully, you know, it can work well for development. Great points. You want to recognize uh, Justin's donation, please? Awesome. You want to read it? Sure. Yeah. So he was saying that Josh Levo was the uh, the Calder Cup MVP with 29 points in 18 games. Josh Levo is not an AHLer, uh, and I think yeah. I, I saw some discourse on Twitter uh, about him a little bit uh, the last couple of days that um, he played basically the whole season in the AHL this year, uh, 46 points in 54 games, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, that playoffs where he had 29 points in 18 games, including 20 penalty minutes. Um, yeah, he's he still is like a fourth line caliber player um, that was was really good at the AHL level. Um, UFA coming up here could be a, could be you know could be a piece potentially. We have room. Kuzmenko yep. saves us some money. We have money. <laughs> Absolutely. I prefer Philip Forsberg over Josh Levo, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I guess I do too. Uh, <laughs> I would also prefer the good player, <laughs> but you know, I get we beggars can't be choosers at times. Exactly, beggars can't be choosers. On a day where Sadine Sadine Luongo will get uh, you know inducted, we can talk about Dries, Breezebaugh, and Stevens. Do we do we really want to have to talk about ten years from now if we have to retire Philip Forsberg's number? Like, is that really sure. worth it? Is that really no. worth it? <laughs> I don't know. You you know how much I like the player, but yes, he's yeah. also going to want eight or nine million dollars. The money that we were going to give to Miller, so we can talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess before we get to the Stanley Cup stuff and and just sort of looking ahead, I mean, we'll do our show next week, Monday the fourth, and then the draft is Thursday the seventh. At least round one. Do they do round one and two on the same night, or is it just round one, and then two through just seven the next one. day? Just round one. So round one yeah. on Thursday the seventh. Um, and then, yeah, that's it. We're full off season mode. Cause then free agency kicks off a week after that. And we're going to just have steady Canucks stuff going on. Um, and before that, you know, they've got to get Brock Besser worked out. Uh, they've got to get a bunch of stuff. Like we might see genuine fireworks next Thursday. Um, we might need to do an emergency episode. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, if JT Miller gets traded, Clay, you're canceling your plans. I don't know what you got going on on the seventh, but uh, I think we're gonna have to be here if something like All that right. were, to, were to happen. I, I will be ready, brother. I will be ready. All right, uh, let's go into uh, I guess some other big news from yesterday, and that was uh, the Stanley Cup was awarded oh, and oh, yeah. dented very fast. Um, it was funny. Uh, I had I had Melissa here with me as we were watching the end of the game because we were going to go to yeah. dinner after. And I'm watching all the celebrations. And, and she asked me, she's like, has anyone ever dropped the cup? And I said, like, they have, like, after. And it's been, like, in a river and all this stuff. But I don't think anyone's just, like, straight up, like, been handed it, like, ah, and, like, it falls. 
Uh, and then it turns out, you know, less than an hour later, that basically happens. Um, but we do end up with the Colorado Avalanche being the 2022 Stanley Cup champions. I, the team that we were rooting for um, breaking, uh, ending the dynasty, the back-to-back Tampa Bay Stanley Cups. Uh, and uh, there is a new uh, best team in hockey. Yes, they they were the best team in the regular season. They, they were no Florida was President's Trophy, right? Florida technically had the most points, I think, but oh, okay. I still think Colorado was the best team. If that I makes agree. sense, I agree. And um, what's yeah? <laughs> There's so many angles here, but the the Kel McCarr angle is is so fascinating to me parker uh he won the consummate remember unlike the nba where it's just the nba finals mvp the consummate is the nhl playoffs Stanley cup playoffs mvp and of course started off like gangbusters and still played well scored some big goals in the finals but to see he's already won a calder and norris and his consummate now and a hobie baker and you know wow. all his other stuff yeah yeah and, and you know for a while of course, Canucks fans, I, I even got caught up in this whole McCarr versus Hughes debate, especially before McCarr started racking up with this hardware. But we can appreciate both. We can appreciate that we have probably our best defenseman in history, in a Canucks franchise history, in Quinn Hughes. But we, it can also be true that McCarr is better than him, and that's fine. You're, one guy's got to be better than the other guy, and we happen to have the guy that's not the better one, but we're, he's still good. But McCarr's and- amazing that. And yeah, if we're saying, okay, yeah, our our guy is a little bit worse than the best defenseman in hockey right yeah. now. Right. And it's not that much of a debate, right? Yossi put up a bunch of points. Uh, Hedman's been good, of course. You know, Fox yeah. was better last year. But just watching Kale McCarr play is absurd. Um, <laughs> like, his his skating is unreal. It's very similar to to Quinn Hughes skating, but he's bigger. And there was a there was a moment in the game yesterday where Kale McCarr took a wrist shot from the point. Yep. Now it was was more of a snapshot, but wrist shots from the point typically aren't that dangerous. But it looked like Kale McCarr didn't really move, and the puck was a rocket. Like it, it probably was like 95 miles an hour on like a, on like a quick little snapshot. He is so powerful and fast and just smart and skilled. Um, it, it was, it was really a no doubter, right? I mean, the only other options you look at, you know, usually the goalie is an option, but Kemper wasn't fantastic, right? He was as good as he had to be. Um, yeah. you know, McKinnon had just fewer points than him as a forward. Uh, it really wasn't a debate. Uh, yeah. Kel McCarr is probably right now my favorite player to watch in hockey. Mm. And I think he's quickly going to become, if he hasn't already, my favorite player that's not on the Canucks because yeah. he is like, he is just so, so good. It's unfair. And then yeah, I like what you said about uh, him and Hughes, a similar skating styles there, you know, their great edge work and their acceleration. The one thing about you're right though, because McCarr is bigger. It seems like he he's more dangerous. It just seems like he'll make a, a similar move to what Hughes would do. But Hughes is kind of he kind of gets still stuck in the perimeter. He makes space yeah. for himself. Hughes does, but he, he's still walking the line and getting that snap wrist shot through. McCarr will flat out deke a guy, and and we've seen goals where he's in the goal mouth and he's on the on the faceoff dot. He's 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 aggressive. 
He's yeah. a, he's just more aggressive. Quinn Hughes is okay. I'm going to get open and make a really nice pass, or I'm going to try to find a puck to get or try to get a puck through. Right? He's not the strongest. He's not the biggest, but he is extremely agile and he can make a lot of room for himself. Kale McCarr yeah. can make a lot of room for himself and then take that room and make it bigger and go down and score because he just yeah. he just has that in him. Um, that it's just not even it's just not fair. Um, it's it's so so fun. What do you think of Kadri's comments? So uh, people were saying I'm a playoff oh. liability. They can kiss my. Oh, it was so good. Oh, when I heard that on the broadcast, I was oh, I was so happy. I was like, yes. David yes. Amber started cracking up. Right. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> like it's because it's genuinely, it's just genuinely a great hockey moment. Love Kadri or hate Kadri, and we have you know we have reasons to dislike Kadri. The whole Sadine thing, uh, you know, a handful of years back, and. Um, and sure, he's saying, you know, for people who thought I was a liability. I mean, he g- genuinely was a liability when he got suspended in the playoffs a couple of times. But then he comes out, breaks his hand, goes in and scores an overtime winning goal in the Stanley Cup final with a broken hand and wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. go off. Like, you've earned it. Like, that's it's I love I love stuff like that. Like, if you can, yeah. you know, you've earned the right to say it, you know, go just go do it. Why not? Yeah, yeah. A stack team. Uh, here's here's one more question that's stemming from it. Um, I, I kind of talked about this in one of my vlogs, Parker. I I'm not sure if every team's going to try and emulate Colorado. I don't think they have the personnel to. I'm not sure every team's going to try and emulate Tampa. Uh, they're they're a special breed as well. Um, is is there a world where the teams aren't chasing the Colorado model or the Tampa model? Uh, but or maybe I guess my question is to me the Canucks they seem to be more like a Tampa type team than a Colorado I just don't see them with the same speed skill that Colorado has at least right now yeah it is a copycat league and I think a lot of that stemmed from it being when you're looking at a team like you know a team like Boston in 2011 right yeah that's a team that you can look at and be like, Hey, what was their, what was sort of their defining feature that a few skilled players, but they were big and tough and heavy. Well, you know, what's easier to get than good players, big, tough and heavy players. So I think GMs see it as like, Oh, well, all I have to do is go out and get all these big guys that can barely play. And we're going to be set. We're going to be right in there. And it doesn't work. And that's because the skilled players are hard to get. And they're hard to yeah. scout and they're hard to find ones that are going to be that good at that level. Um, so when you have a team like this that succeeds, like Colorado, where they weren't really that big and heavy, right? They had a couple of guys who can throw the body around. But, you know, for the most part, it was Tampa Bay being the physical team because they were on tilt for the most part, especially if if you were watching the game um, yesterday. Um, that it's, uh, you know, it, it's so much tougher to go out and be like, oh, yeah, all we need is the best defenseman in the NHL and a guy who can, uh, one of the best, you know, players in the NHL, Nathan McKinnon. And okay. And then, well, we also need a really good D partner for him. And okay. Yeah. Well, we also need a, an excellent captain like Landis Gog. And it's like, where are you going to get all these guys? Right. Colorado's got them all locked up. So, you know, it's uh it's tough to emulate. It's a style that I hope gets pushed for because I think it's a genuinely fun breed of hockey i mean we're talking about the team that was that had the fourth most goals this year uh they averaged 3.76 goals per game throughout the entire season at a 24 percent power play that's a fun team to watch they averaged 35 shots on goal a game 
that's that's the kind of hockey that I want to see. And if we're not going to have a team that's going to win it all, I'd like them to at least be a, a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. And it's just uh, you, you talk about the way that Colorado plays and a fun team to watch. Even on defense, I noticed it's not like all five guys just kind of huddle in front of Kemper and make some impenetrable wall. No, they're aggressive on defense and they're turning pucks over and firing the other way. It's it's Colorado Avalanche game is never dull, and that's it's pretty exciting to watch. I I, I don't think the Canucks have the horses yet to, to play that kind of game, but it sure is fun to watch. Oh my gosh, so good. Yeah, it's uh it's the way that the league is turning, I think is more towards this. Um, you know, yeah. we had St. Louis as sort of a, a bit of a one-off um, being that sort of heavier team, but I mean, they were still a really, really good team. They had a lot of guys sort of overperform during that stint. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if it had to be any team that won it, I was hoping it would be Colorado. Um, and again, I think I, I, yeah, I think I mentioned the exact same thing months ago that, I, I want teams to copy the avalanche because that's just yeah. going to make for a more fun NHL. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Awesome. Should we, should we wrap up our bet or that you didn't lose? I definitely lost. I made my push at the wrong time. Um, I, I should have, uh, I, I actually, I guess I didn't really make my push at the wrong time because I would have ended up, if I had picked the same thing as you in the last round, I still would have lost because I would have had to flip it this round anyways, and it wouldn't have worked yeah. out. Um, but you had Colorado in six, right? Which you were right on the money. I took Tampa in six, hoping for a miracle. So I was basically out of it uh, as of a few nights ago when the Avalanche won, uh, I guess, game four to make the series three to one. Right. Um, so I lose undefined stakes because we we haven't defined them yet. Um, who knows? Maybe our preseason predictions will cancel these back out. Exactly. Um, and then there will be no stakes anywhere. But again, we still haven't done that yet. Yeah. And we still won't because next week, draft previews. The week after, free agency previews. The week after, what happened in free agency? So sometime in August, when nobody cares anymore about last year's team, we'll go over our predictions and it will be mildly fun. I think there's going to be a time either in late July or early August where we, we will have to, for the sake of integrity, have to at least revisit those those predictions because we're going to have to make our next one soon. But yeah, let's do that. If you beat me, which you could very well have done in the no predictions, idea. we'll call it a wash. We'll call it a wash. If though I did beat you, then I think two, uh, you know, two kind of uh, advantages for me, then I think we got to do something, even if it's Absolutely. something small. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm totally good with it. Um, that sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, All right. World. We've got about five minutes to go, uh, maybe a little bit less. So, folks, we'll take, uh, I guess, some of your questions here. Uh, we had three topics tonight, and we got 55 minutes out of them. I One of them was pretty big, you know, three of the best players in franchise history going to the Hall of Fame. That's uh, pretty decent. Um so we can uh, we can uh, take some questions here. Uh, well, Clay, Fangirl, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go. Fangirl says, "When do you think Nasen will be inducted into the Hall of Fame?" He might not be. He's been he retired be. for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alfredson was one of the ones that was sort of like waiting in the wings. I think he's been eligible for about five years now. 
Um, and I mean, he was the Ottawa Senators, um, you know, for years. Um, yeah. Naslin peaked as at one point the best goal scorer in hockey um, for a little a little stint there, or at least one of. Um, yeah. But I mean, you look at the numbers; he didn't. He scored less than four hundred goals. Um, I mean, yeah, he had that forty-eight goal season, which is great, but. For most of his career, he was a 60, 65 point guy. He had, you know, basically five really good years, right? 75 points, 90 points, 104, 84, and 79. Um, JT Miller (laughs) is going to have a similar peak, right? Mm -hmm. He scored 99 points this last year. That's pretty close to 104. Obviously not the same amount of goals, but um, uh, even less playoff success, right? You know, basically had... They had one real kick of the can in 2003 and they got wiped out by Manny Fernandez. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, he, he's, he's very good, but he's, he's not a, he's not at that level. I agree. I love this one from Jarhead. If you won, what would you guys do with your day with the cup? That's, hmm. that's tough. Um, I went uh, I had a family friend who knew Kyle Comiskey, uh, okay. who won the Stanley Cup uh, with Chicago, uh, and I got to and I went out there and got my picture with the cup that day and whatever because he had like a gathering or something. That's um, awesome. But like, I don't think I do that, right? Like, yeah, I want my family to be like, hey, guys, like, but that might be like my morning, you know? I feel like I feel like I you got to go out, you got to bring it somewhere weird, right? Mm. Um, I don't, I don't know. That's such a, that's such a tricky question. Yeah. I think you want to do something that's kind of uh, relatively unique to you. So Parker, I don't know if you'd bring it to a golf course like, for me. Um, I, is this kind of bad? I would probably, I wouldn't eat sushi out of it, but I put it beside me at a sushi restaurant. Maybe you wouldn't put it on top sushi out of it though. <laughs> maybe put it on top of my piano and sing it some songs. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. The gathering's cool. It, it would be, you know, it's kind of, satisfying ego gratifying or whatever to have all your friends and family say oh i got to see the cup because of parker but um yeah maybe i, I kind of agree with you maybe that's a two or three hour thing but it's definitely not going to be the the bulk of the day for sure i would take the stanley cup to my favorite ice cream shop and that is tickleberries in penticton uh and i would get them to serve me ice cream in the stanley cup uh and it would I be like fantastic that. Okay, fine. I'm putting my salmon sashimi in the top too. Okay, good, yeah. good, good, good. Why wouldn't you? You got to, right? I don't know what else has been in that top part, but it's it's steel, right? It's just you just clean it. There's been every what hasn't been in there. <laughs> that's my real. that's my point. <laughs> yeah, but clean it just gets cleaned. Okay, fine. Like just Coach Rob, bring your I... bring your cup to Seven Eleven day. And then Coach Rob, I would eat McDonald's chicken. I know Robbie's like McDonald's every oh, second. Oh, I do that too. That'd be awesome. Show up. See, that's the thing though. You got to like go through the drive-through and be like, "Can I get just like twenty nuggets?" And then they hand you the box. You just dumb in the stand like, like think of what the worker there's like. What? <laughs> just do dumb stuff like that because it would be hilarious. But uh, I think I'd jump on it with a trampoline too. But oh well, okay. Don't dent it. Jaskarin, I would take the Stanley Cup for a date. <laughs> <laughs> End up like uh, like Eric Johnson this morning. What do you uh, do? Oh, there, there's, there's a 
he uh he kept the cup overnight because he was like the journeyman right uh with the avalanche so they uh the nhl posted a picture on their social media of him waking up next to it in the morning uh, he literally slept with it last night uh so <laughs> i was gonna say jaskrin's gonna try the try the same strategy we could have done this for an hour parker these are hilarious shannon would take it to work at walmart and have people greet people that's pretty good that's pretty awesome actually that would be baller that would be cool <laughs> Oh, Blitz says so dollar good. drink days in the Stanley Cup move. Blitz, if you won the Stanley Cup, you're making minimum a million dollars a year, right? He, I want you to keep that in mind. You can pay the two sixty nine for the soda, okay? You might need two larges to fit it all in there. Maybe it's six bucks, okay, Blitz? Oh, but I, I think you can. I think you can splash some cash at the McDonald's. Uh, with I'm the laughing Cup. so hard. I'm, my my roommate, thank God, went down for breakfast already. But I'm wondering if the guy on the other side of the wall. Ah, it's fine. Yeah, he should be up. It's 8 a.m. now. He should be up. Yeah. It's morning. Oh. All right. Well, it is about that time. It is 11 p.m., a.k.a. Uh, 8 a.m. in Sweden. Uh, so we should probably wrap up. Um, this was fun, though. Any parting words for this evening, Clay? Uh, yeah, personally, Jacob Bowles in his last event today, a mixed teams event. So last chance to make a cut. It's very tough to make a cut here. Fly home on Thursday, um, have a bit of a couple of days to recuperate. And then, uh, yeah, I'm back to work on the, uh, back to work and back to regular Canucks after dark where I don't have to worry about waking people. Well, I guess I do too, just at a different time, but overall, no, this is an awesome day when it comes to, it's been an awesome weekend for, for hockey, the Stanley cup. And of course the Sedins and Luongo glad that we, it was actually broke today. So we were able to talk about it, feel, feel our show, but not only that, but I'm appreciative of everyone that's uh, wishing us well and wishing me well in the chat and can't wait to get back. Can we, it's, it's been a great trip. It's a beautiful country for sure. But I'm, I'm starting to miss family a little bit, so I can't wait to get home. Awesome. And if you guys missed any part of the show, feel free to be right back to the beginning, or you can find it on your favorite podcast platform shortly. Um, and uh, if you uh, if you enjoyed, hit like, hit subscribe, do all that good stuff. As always, we'll be back next Monday. Maybe a little bonus episode next week if some, uh, some mania happens at the draft. We will see. Um, otherwise, um, I'll be doing my stream on the draft night. Clay will be doing whatever he's doing. Nothing. He'll be maybe watching my stream. Uh, and uh, maybe I'll have him on as a special guest. Yeah. And uh, and we'll uh, we'll enjoy that because, yeah, we're, we're ramping right into the offseason. Basically, the next three weeks are the biggest three weeks of the offseason. Uh, so it's going to get exciting. It's going to get fun. We hope to have you guys with us uh, the entire way. Thank you all very much for watching. And we will see you next week.